grand and joyful rising good evening good afternoon good day whenever you are coming across this this is a little bit of bonus a little warm-up for getting ready for my next season of my podcast nia's divine garden to come forward hi i am your host iadania and a memory on facebook caused me to do this episode simply as a reflection of the journey over the last year or so. And so this post that I ran across was my very first time doing readings out in public. And I have to say that particular leading up to that was all intuition, all intuition, because I don't know that i I know in that moment, I did not believe that I could do it. I know that. Now, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see it in myself that I could do this openly for one, (laughs) openly for one, and for two, that imposter syndrome. Oh, you have to have been doing something for such and such a time in order to be proficient at it. And It's wild to me when I think about that now, that thought, that notion that was seated there because in my day job, I didn't operate that way. In my day job, I did not operate that way. Even I just sent an email out the other day where I said, if you're looking for someone, do not allow tenure to be your determining factor. It should be their skill, their knowledge, their ability, that's the determining factor on whether or not they would be a good asset to this particular program. Because I am a perfect example that tenure means nothing. When I was a new hire, we had a chat and there were certain things they told us to do. So we had a knowledge database, they said use this, and we had a test um, sandbox site, they said use that. So the moment I got access to our sandbox site, before they taught us anything, I went into the knowledge base and taught myself how to add things. I went through, they had a local workbook and they said, hey, we're gonna do some of these things together. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to teach myself this now. I don't wanna wait. I would be in the chat and the chat was so that people could post questions to get some help. So I'm not even out of training. But I'd see a question and considering the fact I'm not on the phone, so I'm not like crunched for time. So I started answering questions. And I remember, how did you know that? Oh, I found it such and such a place. So I'm like literally brand new, but I'm already establishing myself as a go-to in training. Then a whole rumor got spread that I was really great at this one particular task when I first got on the phones and thus all of a sudden random people started pinging me about this one particular task. Um, I think I was each actually, I was not even on the phone a couple of months when they asked me to join um, this chat to support um, associates that were in the Philippines. I just barely got on the phone, but that's because I established that I was a go-to, even like um, we had something we could use to build like a development plan. And when that brought to me, not even my manager could tell me how to do it. So one afternoon I sat there and learned how to do it. And then everybody kept asking me to teach them how to do it. I'm like new, 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 like new, new, new. And anyone who listening who worked with me at the time realized I'm not lying. My first mentee, was a few months after I got off the phone. My first mentee. I was only off, uh, like only on the phone a couple of months. Hey, I got a new hire. I want you to mentor them. Okay. And then wrote an entirely new outline for our peer mentoring program. And I share that because, you know, I'm practically spiritual. So I have to share a practical expression of that energy to say time meant nothing. Skill, will, and ability meant everything. Did I have the talent, the knack to do it? Could I learn how to do it? And could I execute it in a a fashion that showed my proficiency? Yes. But 
for, and I know why this was because I had already, I had affirmed over myself that the person that I was at my day job did not exist outside of my day job. So what I have been doing is reprogramming my subconscious to understand I am that person, period. I am that leader, that fast learner, that person that has insane amounts of talent to do anything once I learn it. That person is me, period. It is not me only at the places where I'm making somebody else rich. I am that person and can make my own self rich. My skills, my talents, my blessings are not limited to making somebody else rich. They are meant to make me rich. Mm, That just came up and it felt good. My third eye area is starting to tingle a little bit. (laughs) So doing tarot and because I love reading myself. Like there are a lot of people say, I can't read myself. I, I, I cannot relate. I cannot relate. There are things that I'm not allowed to get answers for. Like if I tried to do a reading today, say, who's my husband? I will be able to get little snippets, little snippets. But that concrete, this is him. Not even my future self who came to me married, will tell me, not even me. I won't even tell myself. Like, like I can't even tell myself. So there's some things I'm not privy to. But like in my day-to-day life, things, decision-making, things like that, what's going on, what's my energy like, do I need to snatch my own edges? Those things happen. Those things happen. I snatch my edges and I lift myself up. And I think one of the challenges for me was when those the energy would come through for me to say, you are doing an amazing freaking job. That was a challenge for me to accept because I, my internal dialogue with myself wasn't there. So to have the divine say, you are amazing. You are powerful. You need to understand it. When your friend told you that you are an effing goddess, that was the truth. You are a whole goddess in these streets. And I wasn't quite ready to accept it, but I knew I had a gift. Like I knew it. And um, the year before I decided to do this out publicly like that, I decided, you know, at some point to go ahead, you know, I'm going to post that I pull cards. I'm just going to start sharing it because what was consistent, it was that I was hiding that was a consistent message early on is that I'm hiding and I needed to come out. And the truth is, and if you listen to any of my early podcast episodes, you already know this, but I always wanted to be a witch. Always, always. And I realize even more now how much it stayed with me even past childhood. Halloween will come up. And if I didn't dress as nothing else, I was always a witch. Always, always a witch. That was my go-to. It was my favorite thing to dress as. It didn't matter what she looked like. She That tall pointed hat, witch. The season of American Horror Story where they first introduced the witches, I was the next Supreme. I even dressed that way for Halloween that year. Like I was the next Supreme and it was my, it still to this day is my favorite season of American Horror Story. I can watch that season over and over and over again. Understand now that there's some things in certain traditions that they didn't quite, you know, they they, they Hollywood, Hollywooded it. But ultimately that essence of, oh my God, having a school. Oh, <laughs> Harry Potter. Like all of these things completely resonated with me. Why? Because I have always, always wanted to be a witch. Always, always, you have no, um, how, (laughs) like somebody's literally trying Wingardium Leviosa, uh, every once in a while, I do still try it. Um, I'm still working on it. The the moment something quivers just a little bit, y'all not gonna be able to deal with me for at least a week because I made it shake. Um, 
But that was always a thing, always a thing. So when the, the skill has already been there, I've always been a dreamer. It's only once I started this particular aspect of my spiritual journey, because you're always on a spiritual journey because you're a spiritual being. But the, the awakening that occurred in 2020 and I learned more about dreams because I knew I was a very prolific dreamer. And, you know, between the cities falling into the ocean, dreams like that. And, you know, I have to give my best friend props because there were nights where I would have the most, now I know, prophetic, terrible scenes come to me in my dreams. And I would just wake up just terrified and crying and just distraught because there was nothing in my being that told me I was not there in that moment. That I wasn't there in that moment. So I like three o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning on the phone. And he would just sit there. Even if I didn't want to talk, he would sit there until I fell asleep. He'd sit there till I fell asleep because I, I didn't want to go back. I didn't want to go back to sleep. I would just stay awake. I blamed it on chicken for the longest life. Chicken gave me um, night terrors. I realized now I didn't, I was going through some things and I was picking up some things that, you know, were out in the ether, but I didn't know what to do with the information. I didn't know what was literal, what was, um, um, esoteric. All I knew was this is what I saw and it terrified me. That's all I knew. So it wasn't until later that I learned that dreaming like that and receiving message is a sign of clairvoyance. Didn't realize that. I've always been somebody that kind of, whether I articulated it to people or not, will come to a space or people and they like, whether they felt good to me or not. I've always kind of had like this weird sense of that, but I didn't really know what it meant. Um, I didn't realize that meant I was clairsentient. Um, sometimes I just knew stuff. Or my ability, your ability to grasp information quickly and see the patterns happening in the information is both my clear cognizance and clairvoyance. Because the visualization of the pattern is clairvoyance and the random understanding and knowing when I probably shouldn't know, that is my clear cognizance. A really good um, representation of that is I knew the Rocky Horror Picture Show, before I ever saw it. I knew it. I was singing the songs as the first time as if I had seen it already. And I thought maybe my mother watched it while she was pregnant with me or something, so it was like cellular memory. Nope. She told me later, no. So there really was no way I could have known the show the movie the way that I did. And love it. Like, loved it from scene one. As if I had seen it already. And I guess technically, since time does not exist, I had. And I was able to pull from it. It still is one of my favorite movies. Um, but the gifts and things were there. I didn't know what they were there. And, you know, unless you're raised in a household that is, has a healthy amount of spirituality combined with a religious practice, you're not going to get that. You're not. You're not going to have that um, until something happens and triggers an awakening where you are able to tap into it if that's in your life's journey. So that's what happened to me is I had an awakening and all of a sudden the realization of some of these experiences became clearer and then the gifts themselves became clearer. And so when I first picked up my first deck of cards, I don't think in that moment I had an intention of like doing tarot cards, but I liked pick a cards on YouTube. I really enjoyed pick a cards. I still enjoy pick a cards. I have a few readers that I love to watch. Rosology is probably by far right now my favorite. I love Rosology. Like Hazel is amazing and has the most beautiful decks. OMG, her cards are always so, I'm like, Sis, I'm going to need you to sh just drop the names of the decks you used down below because I, I need to acquire them. You have no idea how often I'm like Googling random like descriptions of tarot cards trying to find the deck so I can buy it. So 
but this particular weekend I had asked, I was still married at the time and, but I was in like really at the peak of depression and I can tell when I'm energetically that like I need space because I'll get in, like everything is bothering me. I can't, my patience with my kids wasn't there. Everything was bothering me. The crying I was like, I need a break. Like, what do you want for Mother's Day? Away from y'all. That was my answer, away from y'all. I need a weekend in the hotel, unbothered by myself. And so that's what I did. And so I, did, I treated it like a spiritual retreat. I had just gotten some crystals, but that particular weekend was the first time I visited any kind of occult metaphysical shops. That was my first time. First day going to the um, Peaceful Warrior Apothecary. First time going to Sirius Sage. <clears throat> and it was funny because one Oracle deck and one tarot deck called me. There was an Oracle deck at the apothecary and a tarot deck at Sirius Sage. And initially I didn't buy either. One, because I'm healing my relationship with money. So there was this real freak out like, oh my God, I can't possibly spend this much money on myself. But I'm sitting there and like, I can't read cards. I can't read cards. I don't, I don't. And the thought came to me, well, how do you think a pick a card works? I said, okay, well, the person, you know, they're psychic, they're gifted and, you know, they're pulling all these messages, but how do you know which message is for you? And for those of you who've not watched pick a cards and never thought about it, you're welcome. The medium, the person channeling the messages Yes, they are gifted, but if you pick a pile and it resonates with you so clearly, you are wondering if this person is stalking you, that is your divine superpower, your intuition at work. That is you tapped in, <clears throat> excuse me, that is you tapped in to your own favorite, higher self, best self, whatever you want to refer to it and being guided not only to the person that has the message, but the pile that has the message. That is your gift. Now, this does not necessarily mean that you would itself be a tarot reader, but it does make you a very strong intuitive. You're welcome. So I was like, uh, and I thought the cards were pretty and things of that nature. So I went ahead and I went and got the cards. Um, kind of wish I had just trusted myself in that moment because I burned a lot of extra gas going all the way back across town to go get them. But, you know, you live and you learn. So I get the cards. I get them home. You know, I had researched about cleansing my cards and things like that. Oh, well, not home. I get them back to the hotel. That's where I used them first. I just want you to know that in that moment, I set an intention because I went and I, my first tarot deck was not, um, the Rider weight. I can't connect with it. Not on a, like I sometimes can, but on grand scheme, like I bought a Rider weight deck and I don't use it. I don't use it. I think I even like traded it in. I don't use it, but my mythical goddess tarot, which I love because it's not only, it gives a, um, I can still pull traditional tarot meanings. But I like the visuals. I was coming into a deeper understanding of my own feminine energy. So goddess energy was really calling out to me in that moment. But also it has the astrological placements on the cards, which is not common. And not just the zodiac sign, like what planet in that sign, which I thought was really cool. So I am like, okay, all right then. So I'm shuffling the cards and mind you, I've been watching pick a cards and when they shuffle on screen and I see the cards fly, I was like, yo, that's so cool. And so I'm shuffling the cards and I kind of just, I don't remember what my first question was. All I remember is shuffling and the cards flew. And I was like, oh snap. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And in that moment I set an intention. I never want this to not be cool. I want to always be in a space where my spiritual practice, my connection to the divine, not only feels good, it is always awesome. It's always awesome. 
So that's how my practice manifests itself. It's always awesome. Even when it's a message where like, I need you to do this, it's a hard message. My overall energy and connection to spirit, connection to the divine, connection to source, my ancestors, my spiritual court is always in that childlike, oh my God, kind of energy. So I started reading myself from then. Like I would just read and... You know, someone asked me, do I need the cards? No. I like reading tarot. It is not, I have to read tarot. I literally enjoy it. It is fun for me. I look for random reasons to pull cards because it is genuinely fun for me. I also love looking at the artwork. And I am an Aquarius. And Aquariuses are acutely aware of synchronicities. So when I'm pulling cards and cause I'm clairvoyant, the visuals are good for me, um, to stay, um, organized in my thought process because I am Aquarius and I have my Mercury in an Aquarius. So I have an active mind. Cards actually help me focus and hone in so I can structure the message I'm receiving in a way that is, um, understandable. And then if I'm reading somebody else, it kind of helps give them a visual to understand what I'm pulling from the ether for them. So, you know, I had been doing it for a little while and, you know, then one day it's like, you should go do readings at Sirius Age. What? You should go do readings at Sirius Age. I don't even know what you're trying to tell me right now. But I, you know, one day I was there and I just like, you know, do you ever, and actually what happened is I saw Ricky Prestige post about doing his book sales out there. And I went and I said, do you ever let people do readings here? He said, it's been a while, but yeah. I'm like, well, could I come up here? And so that's how it came about. Like, it was like, I got the message I needed to do it, but I wasn't quite ready and uh, uh, and then I saw somebody else was like, okay, this might, okay. And so then I ended up do you know, asking him. Um, and then I think even short, within that same week, I said, I got like, you should do a full moon event. And people may ask like, why haven't you done another one? Blah, blah, blah. And I would say, honest, ego. Ego wants to see the turnout I got at work. And what I have a deeper understanding of is one, this is a different concept and energy. So that's wanting that level of people there. Oh, it's coming (laughs) for the record. It's coming. Like my hundred person event is already there, but you know, I have to realize I'm worthy of it. And because I had spent so much time telling myself that that person didn't exist outside of my job, I didn't feel worthy of it. I didn't feel worthy of it. No matter how badly I wanted it, I didn't, I wanted it from a place of lack, not from a place of worth. So that's why I wasn't able to manifest it. And that's why, you know, I hesitated in putting things together. I hesitated because it's like there was a part of me that said they're not going to come. I'm not popular enough outside of my job to attract people to what I want to do. And instead of realizing I will attract exactly who's meant to be there and nothing else matters. The universe will make sure that any and everyone that are supposed to come into contact with this particular of it will come. And then I also have to stop shortchanging myself. That was another thing. But I go and it was so wild. I get set up and the vibe is nice. Da, da, da. And I will never forget this because the universe was like, we're about to show you the truth of who you are. So the first person comes, it's the mother of one of my friends who I've now just, whether she realizes or not, I have like low-key adopted as a second mom and I respect her 
her energy and her spirit and her counsel. And I'm confident we're in the same soul tribe because she regularly will hit me up randomly with something. And I'm like, all right, man. So she comes, she's the first person to come. Um, and that meant a lot. That meant a lot because she's so much further on her journey. And so for her to trust in my energy as this do not cry <laughs> um, person who's like so new and it's my first time doing it out in public and really doing it for other people like that because I had posted readings, but I hadn't read someone else. Like I just posted readings. So it was just like, okay, all right. And I was low key, high key freaked out. Like, oh my God, can I do it? Like I was really, and then I kind of just, you know, I just did it. And then to be able to pull something, not direct, but it was just like, I was looking at something and even with the way the card showed up, I don't think it, if someone else had looked at it, would have gotten it the same way that I did. But I was like, you know, are you working on something that you haven't told people about? And it was really cool because this look on her face hit like, yeah. And then I was like, hey, okay then. Like that, that burst of confidence hit. And even like um, helping me with my clairsentience because um, we ended up talking about, you know, astral projection and for me to be able to witness her do it and feel her energy in a different location was so dope to me like she didn't have to do that but she did and then opened up her space for me to also do readings and my full moon there and it just that meant so much I have to get back and share space again but it, it I don't know if she realizes what she did for my journey I don't know if she realizes what she did for me that day. Um, then a tarot reader comes in. So this young sister comes in and she said she reads cards, but she can't read herself. And she doesn't often go to readers. I was like, okay. And when I say it was just like, boom, boom, boom. And she was like, oh my God. And then post it. If you need to like go to her and get a reading go to serious age, go to her and go like, she posted that. I'm just like, yo, like my first public confirmation. And it was just like, yo, I did that. Like, this is a thing. I did it. And it felt so good. Like I, like I posted a video and I cried because it was just like, I didn't have a plan about, that as something I would do in my life, at least not consciously. And looking back at that memory and realizing how afraid I was that I would mess it up, that I was unsure that I was really as good as spirit was telling me that I was. And it was funny because I had literally just really learned how to tap into my intuitive yes. Like I had just really learned not too long, maybe like a month or so, I had been working with feeling my yes. So even dressing myself that day, um, I was like, what am I going to wear? Um, and I wasn't initiated yet, but I knew I was going to be crowned with Shango. And one of, they talk about a lot of things, but a lot of times people don't mention that Shango was a master diviner. And so I was like, I, I wanted to body that energy. So I wore a red skirt and a white top that day so that I could tap into Shango's energy. And it was just such a, it was such a, a wonderful experience to be able to do that. And even now, though I haven't been back there to do readings, I love going there. Like I walk in and <laughs> I love it because I walk in and all like, I don't know, like for my black womb holders, if you've ever walked into a space and had a chorus of black men say, greetings, goddess, peace, goddess, peace, queen, like 
That's a whole different kind of energy. And sometimes I go there literally just for that. <laughs> I don't want nothing. I don't want to buy nothing. I just slide in, get my greetings goddess and leave. <laughs> like That's all I want. I get a few hugs and I'm out. I'm out because it's all I want. There's just something special about hearing black men who realize who they are, realize who you are and acknowledge it verbally to you because words of affirmation are my love language. So, but yeah, this is, this is the anniversary of me stepping out on faith. And since then, you know, I've been to the apothecary numerous times doing readings. Um, I have been receiving dreams for people and I got, I, I won't divine it unless they want to know. Like I'm very intentional about that. So like, even though their higher self ancestor, whoever sent me the dream, because I know for one person it hurt, her ancestor sent it to me. Um, they may not want that message. They may not be ready. They might not have like, they, they may not have the wherewithal to understand why I can get a message for them in my dream. It's because I write my dreams now. Y'all need to write your dreams now. (laughs) But I get the message and them to be open to receiving it. To be able to like a couple of, mm, I think it's been a couple of Sundays now, like literally channel source. Like I'm literally channeling direct from source. Like at this point, I'm not acting as a medium. I'm in my Oracle space at this point, channeling a message and to get that confirmation along the way. Like one of my God siblings text me, FYI, you showed up in my prayers. Like you're amazing. Everything you're doing, everything you're doing is in alignment with your destiny. And I witnessed you fully embody this energy. I said this in an episode I recorded earlier. That Nia's divine garden helping you cultivate a relationship with your divine self. My hope is that when you do that, you realize you're cultivating your relationship with God in you. And that one day you'll be doing something and you will hear that whisper from the Most High say, I am so proud of you. I don't know how to, I said earlier and I can say it again. I don't know how to put that in the words for you to make you understand. Speaking as someone who wasn't always proud of herself who struggled with giving herself her due. I am so, so proud of how far I've come from (laughs) like who, like who would have thought like tarot card readings and initiated Ifa priestess, like always like, (laughs) FYI for those that do tarot my birthday card is the high priestess (laughs) it is like like the messages that I got when I very first started very first started reading from myself like all are just unfolding before me and now this other thing that is you know, gestating and needing to be born. If you're not on my mailing list, I suggest you get on there. Like that. What is the wildest thing that you could think of doing? All right, then let's see. Let's let's take a step to to, to bring that into reality. You know, we we co-creating with the Creator right now. We're co-creating with Source. <sighs> We're co-creating with Source right now. And you say, anything? Anything? I bet. Let's, 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 
Like challenge accepted. Let's go. <laughs> challenge accepted. Let's go. Even manifesting, even manifesting feels differently now because I've been able to watch it in real time. This isn't a brag. This is just saying that I can tell when I'm in a good flow because I will call something in real time and be able to witness it in real time. And it's not that I have to do exert this really strong amount of like, oh my God, I got to do this thing. Like I wanted to see somebody um, the other day. Like I just wanted to see them. I knew they were busy and I didn't have a whole lot of time. I just really wanted to see them. And so I'm just sitting there in the car and I'm like verbally scripting, like blah, 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 blah. And then I, I go to my mom's house and I come back outside uh, well, I'm going to my mom's house and just before I leave, my phone rings. This person doesn't call often. And I'm just like, I got to go. <laughs> I, I'm about to be out. I'll, 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 I'll call you later. So I get in the car and I'm like, hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. And it's so wild because I could feel God issuing me a challenge in that moment because when I asked them what they were doing and blah, 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 they're like, well, I'm taking care of something and then I'm going right back to work. Now, back up, one of the things that came up randomly after I was scripting was I wanted a Cinnabon. I'm like, I'm not getting that. I just finished eating all these oatmeal. Ra- I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that. I'm not. I'm not. And it could have been easily like an ancestor wanted it. I know that. But I, in that moment, I was like, Why? Why? No, no. And actually, uh, and I didn't think it was an answer because I had just actually put cookies on my altar. So that's why I didn't think it was them either. Like I had cookies, like like, like my altar room's got cookies everywhere. Um, I baked cookies and I gave out cookies. <laughs> so I'm like, who else wants something sweet? What is happening? And when they told me where they were, they were at the mall. And it was just like, oh, but even then, I was like, uh, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, so you, you're taking it out and you're going back to the job. Yep. All right, then. What if I come to the mall? What? What if I come up there and meet you at the mall? Okay. And then the rest of the manifestation almost unfolded identical to what I said. Because one of the things I said is like, even if all we can do is meet in a parking lot. And that's what happened. I one day having dinner um, and that's fit, that was one of those days where I was just like following my intuition just do 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 and my favorite self was like you haven't taken yourself out to dinner in a while you should go eat uh okay so I go to Chili's um, having dinner I got like two plates of food looking like real greedy um, <laughs> but I was hungry I hadn't eaten that day I had done readings and I had not eaten, so I needed to, to like eat badly. So um got this overwhelming urge to clear up some of the plates, like consolidate things onto one plate. Um, and I'm sitting at the bar. And this is what's wild about the bar thing. It's like I walked in, the restaurant is not busy by long shot. I'm looking at like 10 tables. Hey, we don't have any booths right now. What? We don't have any booths right now. Can you sit at the bar? I look over, I see booths, but I, you know, it's not, no biggie. It's just me. So I go sit at the bar on the phone with my best friend. We're like kiki, you know, well, my best friend's a guy. We don't kiki, but you know, we're talking and laughing, um, talking about me out to dinner. I was like, yep, yeah, I'm cute. Somebody's son going to come sit beside me. We're going to have an amazing conversation. And if he's fine, I'm going to give him my phone number. And that's where I stopped that utterance. That's where I stopped. So we laughed about it or whatever, got off the phone within five minutes. And I'm not saying this like to just know, like within five minutes, is somebody sitting here? And I look up and I'm like, no, nobody's sitting there. Ended up great conversation. Ironically, this person had been in my 
suggested friends for weeks. And I had like slid on their profile several times. Like, you know, I'm not going to add it. You a stranger. That's crazy. But weeks, truly for weeks, this person had been popping up. Not only did we have great conversation, they were also a poet. And for those who have not been on my podcast before, I do poetry. So then we're like exchanging poetry. And it was just like, yeah, this was nice. It was just so nice. But nothing has come from it. And I had a Akashic reading done shortly after. And apparently my spiritual court was laughing because it conjured exactly how I said it. I didn't say, you know, we're going to have phone number, we're going to have dates and blah, blah, blah. I didn't say any of that. I said what I said and it happened exactly how I said it. This is why people, you talk, listen to people talk about manifestation. You need to be specific in that experience, how you feel, how you want it to unfold. You still want to leave room for the divine to do what the divine does. So I always put this or something better lately. Shouts out to, um, Ian Levanzant for that extra little verbiage. But I always, when I'm scripting or calling, you know, give me this or something better. If there's something better, more in alignment with my destiny, I want that. That's what I want. That's what I want. I'm telling you what I feel. This is how I'm feeling it and seeing it in my head. But if you got something like, wow, you know, hey, yo, you give me that. I'm down for the call. You can give me that. But. I conjured, like I called it and it came. I called it and it came. Just like I said it. Your words are powerful if you believe. If you believe. So I'm learning this more and more that what that looks like, what that feels like and how to, you know, with great responsibility, handle that. And even like yesterday, <laughs> pulling cards and the way that they fell and then me seeing how the day unfolded and having a de- even a deeper realization of the cards. I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay, then, Lord, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Alrighty then. All right. Even the a choice. Oh, my God. That was so wild. Like the choice. I'm like... And I made the choice, like, like I made the choice and then I get to benefit from it. I made the choice and I benefit from it. So this last year, just, I can't, I mean, I just now did try to put it into words, but like emotionally, it's just really hard to describe. Like I've been in tears the last couple of days, not because I'm sad and not because there's some hard stuff going on. Honestly, because I'm proud of myself. Honestly, because I'm proud of myself from a a higher perspective, like proud of myself and excited to see me (laughs) this is the life that I'm full power. It's one of my God siblings um, did a spirit guide drawing. And they said, this is more of my archetypal energy and that I hadn't been at full power in a while. And this is this, I, I'm at full power. I'm at full power. Oh, I felt that I'm at full power. And that's, that's an amazing place to be. That's an amazing place to be. So I hope that you enjoyed my little story time. Like I said, this is my just a little precursor to the new season. Um, I'm still recording episodes for the new season, but the new season will be beginning in August. We will be kicking it off with an awakening story in the black community that I did not get to do last go round. So that's how the season will be kicking off. Um, I already have an episode. Yeah. I have at least one episode. I'm not choosing violence in these episodes. I just need you to understand. I'm not choosing violence. Do not take it this way. These are just, you know, some things observe, you know, observations and whatnot. And especially the first few episodes, the first few episodes, all including this one recorded in the same morning because they were all downloads 
when I very first woke up in this morning. But thank you so much again for listening. Um, if you need, if you'd like some support on your journey, um, by all means, hit my website up of the same name, Nia's Divine Garden. Um, if you need a reading, you can book a reading. If you don't see a time slot that you want, by all means, inbox me and let's see what we can work out. You know, I'm a single mom, so I have to, you know, work out what I can work out. And if I can work something out where I can do it live for you, I will. Otherwise, I, I will record it. And if you're not sure if a recording reading is, you know, going to work for you, I can point you to some people who say it doesn't matter if I talk to you face to face or send it to you. Long as you set the intention that I get the message, you'll get it. But thank you so much again for listening. And I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Hey, it's Naya. Welcome back to my garden. Are you comfortable over there in the hammock? Make sure you distribute the fish in the koi pond. So today, I felt like it's my first real episode. It's probably important for you to know who the heck is Naya? So I felt like maybe I should start with having a spiritual awakening in 2020. In all honesty, I'm really confident that taking care of my yoni was a catalyst to my spiritual awakening even beginning. It was like the moment that I started healing that area of my body where my sacral chakra and my root chakra kind of come together. It was like this opening happened. There were so many things, so many, (laughs) what people would probably say I was going through some tower moments in my life where it just seems like things were falling down all around me. And coming into 2020, just, it wasn't the best. I was just wasn't in the best place, honestly. And when I, I think I was just on my Facebook and one of my Facebook friends posted that she was making moon water. Now, just to kind of give you some background here, I am always been super open to other possibilities. I've never been one to feel like we're alone. I've always had a feeling that there were angels or spirits around. I myself was not raised as Christian. I am born and raised as an Israelite. So if you kind of think about being within what people would say the mainstream of religion, I wasn't kind of there. And I'm in the South. So I'm surrounded by Christians and I myself was not one. So I was always different. I wasn't always in the group with everybody else. So being different kind of just, that's normal for me. I'm an Aquarius son. We're just different. And... So I'm scrolling and she says she's making moon water. And I'm like in her comments, yo, what's moon water? And how does one make it? And she said, hey, I'm going to add you to a group. So she asked me to this group on Facebook for um, Melanated Spiritualists. And I'm, you know, scrolling through. And the first thing that came to me, and I want to say it came back to me because this was a topic that I was interested in in my youth was numerology. So they were posting about finding their life path numbers. And I was like, okay. And oddly enough, I had looked at mine maybe a few months prior, but I didn't really dig into it. So I went back to look at it again. So I am a master number 11. And if you take my birthday, it is completely 11. My birthday is 11. My birth time is also 11. I was born at 245. 2 plus 4 plus 5 is 11. The house I grew up in is an 11. So I have apparently been surrounded by this number and had no idea. Even my um, the date I got married was the 29th, another 11. So then it's all the synchronicities start to happen. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I discovered my life path number, my heart's desire number. Um, and I just ended up in this numerology rabbit hole. And then my inner child was like, we used to do this as a kid. We were into numerology as a kid. I may not have gone as deep as finding my life path number, but I was definitely into the curiosity of numerology and numbers and what it meant. So that was the first kind of like aha moment. And it seemed like the moment I opened myself up to numerology, then angel numbers started to show. And for me, I see them in all kinds of ways, but I'll do a numerology video about how I see me, um, a video uh, podcast about how I see angel numbers. So the next thing that came was my sun moon rising. So I'm a Cancer rising. I am an Aquarius sun. I am an Aries moon with a Pisces midheaven. And I, <laughs> it was just like, wait, what? So this is all by design because I'm a firm believer um, whatever you refer to, God, God is the most high source, a whole universe. And these things, coincidences, I don't think are coincidences. I think they are signs that we just don't know how to translate yet. And so these synchronicities in the way things are set up. So for instance, um, as a life path 11, um, we resonate as both a one and a two. So in numerology, the one represents the divine masculine energy and two represents divine feminine. So as a life path 11, part of our journey is harmonizing both of those energies. I myself have always been a tomboy and I've been pretty balanced in how that manifests. So some days you might catch me with a white beater, basketball shorts and some Nikes on. And some days you may catch me with a tank top skirt and heels on. Or you may catch it with a skirt and tennis shoes on. It kind of just depends. Um, I'm bisexual, so I like both men and women. I, you know, at this point, I feel like my divine counterpart, my, you know, my future husband is a husband, is a man. But it doesn't mean that I don't see women and I'm like, she's fine. So this dichotomy has always been within me. I just didn't understand it. And then when you look at my big four, I have two um, masculine signs. I have my um, sun and my moon signs are Aries and Aquarius, which are uh, masculine, fire and wind. And then my rising and my midheaven are water signs, which are feminine. And so again, like this harmony of my masculine and feminine. And if you even were to look at my chart, it's just this balance of masculine and feminine. But what it did was it triggered me to go start digging into myself and digging into life and digging into what does it mean to be me in this world and what essentially have I not been seeing and have I been missing? I think the next thing that came up with was ancestor veneration and the Orisha. I don't know why, <clears throat> I know why now, but at the time, I did not know why the Orisha showed up to me the way that they did. It was like, boom, this is something that you should look into. Boom, ancestor veneration is something that you should look into. And I did not really at the time understand why that was the case so i'm listening and i'm digging and i realized that one of my friends that i used to work with is a spiritual coach and i had i just needed assistance so i reached out to her and i said hey um can you help me this is what i'm going through and i really feel like I need guidance and I'd like to get it from somebody that I trust. So Kai Luna, who is amazing, um, she was like, sure, I'll talk to you. 
Um, by this time, I had discovered pick-a-card videos on YouTube, and I'm just in this really interesting space of exploring everything. It's like the moment I said, ooh, I'm open to learning, everything showed up, everything. And it was so crazy because all these things that I was low-key interested in in my youth are the things that started to come out pronounced. Astrology, I loved astrology as a kid. Loved astrology as a kid. And at some point, I forgot. And like some point, the trauma, life, everything, I just forgot. I always loved magic. Uh, if it rained and it rained on half my yard, you would find me standing in the middle of the yard holding my arms and like, I'm making this happen. I'm an all-powerful witch and I'm making this happen. And I forgot feeling powerful like that. I forgot what it felt like to um, be so connected to my own energy and my ashe that I felt like I could do anything, that I was limitless. And having a spiritual awakening, especially at my age, so I'm 42, February, I turned 42. So I'm having this spiritual awakening at 41. The thing is, Life Path 11s, uh, <laughs> just turned 11, 12, divine timing. So Life Path 11s, we're kind of late bloomers. It's kind of what we do. And I realized that everything for me, like, it's like I don't feel like I truly started to come back into my own until after I turned 30. It's like after I turn 30, this shift starts to happen and I start to really come into my own. And it wasn't that I wasn't still experiencing trauma, experiencing deaths and loss and so many other things. It was just that my ability to bounce back from them happened a bit faster than the way I bounced back from things in my youth. So I, I go in and I am looking into all of these things and digging into myself and then the shadow work is beginning like where's your trauma um what have you been holding on to pussy prayers that one that book was such a game changer for me because there was so much trauma so much sexual trauma that i was still holding on to that i needed to purge so going doing I'm picking card in and I'm doing some shadow work and then I have my meeting with Kai which was absolutely beautiful and what I loved is I had been writing notes again I'm an Aquarius <laughs> I'm an Aquarius I was writing lots of notes and um anything that I heard from the pick of cards I was writing it down and I asked her you know she did a reading for me during the first um session and she asked me what I wanted to know. And I said, I want to know if what I've learned so far is correct. So when she quoted someone, I didn't tell her who I listened to and I didn't tell her what I learned. I didn't send her my notes until afterwards. And she quoted almost verbatim something I heard in a picture card. And I was like, well, crap. <laughs> if that's not a sign, I don't know what one is. And she asked me, what do I hope to gain? And I said, I wanted a relationship with God again. Or for the first time, I feel like you go through and you do so many things as a kid from a religious standpoint, because that's what your parents tell you to do. And you continue those things in your adulthood and for a lot of us, it's because that's what we grew up doing. That's what we know. We don't know anything else. And I just felt really disconnected. I had lost my firstborn son. I had gone through being homeless. And I had just gone through this. I just felt like God hated me. I just felt like God hated me. And I didn't know what I was doing wrong and how to make it right. I know now, Life Path 11s, we are the wounded teachers and healers, and we have to go through things so that we know how to resonate with others 
and how to teach others how to overcome. So I sit there and, you know, I said, that's what I want. And it was like Spirit said, dang, sis, we've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. So ironically, the same day I had my coaching session, I had ordered some crystals off eBay and they came in the mail. So I finished with her and I'm feeling really great. I'm excited. I go to the mailbox. Ooh, my crystals are here. So I take my crystals and I come in the house. I open them up and I, I, silly me, put them all in my hand at once. And I almost hit the floor. The wall had to catch me. I almost hit the floor. Everything started to spin and I was like, whoa. Now I have had a chunk of amethyst at this point for the longest. But it was just, I felt a connection to it because it's my birthstone, but a feeling of something off the crystal, I don't know that I ever felt that. But these, wow, wow. I just like, I was so stunned that I felt something I didn't know what to do. And then everything started to happen. My ears started to, started ringing off and on. Um, my crown, I would get headaches. I would get headaches and earaches. Occasionally, in the area of my third eye, it would hurt. Um, I, I've always been really sensitive to energy, but I didn't really realize that I was sensitive to energy. I didn't know what was happening. And this has been since I was a kid. Go certain places and this don't feel right. Something feels off. I didn't always listen to myself that I didn't trust what was happening, but always sensitive to energy. It just amplified. Um, clairvoyance, mine manifests via dreams more often, but I do see um, occasionally a vision. And a lot of times what Source does is send me things to see that are in line with whatever I was asking about, thinking about, going through. So I'm always, I always see angel numbers. Most recently, I was at the lake and it sparkled in a way that I can't put into words to describe you. I just know that it was sparkling. Um, so that started to happen. Um, I've always been sensitive to others' emotions, but man, oh my gosh, things were not great at home and there were days I walked in the house and it was so loud. You, I felt like you could cut it, physically cut the energy with a knife. It was just so much and so heavy. Um, I've always been the person to watch a movie and be way too attached to what's happening and burst into tears. Like my Claire sentience and empath energy is super strong. I guess you could probably say this mark with my path of least resistance is clear feeling. Um, but I'm also very clear cognizant. I didn't realize how often I was receiving downloads and didn't know that's what was happening. So all of these things start to like show up simultaneously. It's not like one showed up, everything hit me at once. So now I'm in this journey of kind of building and developing in my gifts. Um, tarot cards seem like the next logical step because I've been doing picture card readings and eerily accurate in messages that resonated with my life. So much so one person called an individual out in my life she don't even know. She described them so completely and what I was going through. And I was just like, okay. And the thing that I realized for anyone that's watching pick cards but isn't sure if their intuition works, if you get a message and it resonates with you, especially if it's eerily accurate, your intuition is working. Because that person is a channel, but you first have to get the nudge to go listen to the message. Then you have to make sure you're listening to the right message. And if you are getting the right message, that means your intuition is in fact working. So I decided to see what I could do for myself. So I bought my first 
deck. I have a goddess um, tarot deck, a mythical goddess tarot deck, which I love, absolutely love it. And I, my first oracle deck was the Everyday Witch Oracle deck. I bought those two on the same day. I'm confident that they both screamed at me. I'm so confident they screamed, especially the goddess one. It screamed at me so loud, I don't even know how to, like, you should buy me. Ooh, but wait, you should buy me. And I left both stores, two different stores, left them both, went to the park to meditate. And it was just like, you should really go buy those cards. But they cost so much money. And that's the other thing I'm working on is um, I'm healing for my line, for my lineage, for my legacy, that lack mindset that I can't have. So I just went back and as I'm driving back, eights everywhere. And for those that don't know, eights are usually a sign of abundance and prosperity. And I just saw eights everywhere driving back to the stores. I'm like, well, crap. So went ahead, got both decks. And even to this day, and I don't use the both, I use the everyday witch oracle in my morning readings. But if I go grab that goddess tarot deck to do a reading, it's that's my first deck. It's my baby. It will, the cards will fly and it's so amazing. And I've set the intention. I told God, I don't ever, ever want to lose the, oh my God, this is so cool feeling. Because I always have it. Anytime I do a reading, oh my God, this is so cool. And even now as I'm sitting here talking, I feel like I'm channeling because this urge to cry is right on the bubble. And like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what you're supposed to be sharing. And you are, <sighs> that I am listening and hearing and following the guidance as it's, it's being given to me. So yeah, that is what having a spiritual awakening has been like. And I'm still stepping into my power. I'm still in this ascension mode. And I can't wait to share all of the various things from, you know, planets and asteroids to gene keys and human design. I'm just like in everything. And developing this community as a place where people who are also like, oh my God, I'm learning so much. This is, this is your tribe. This, I'm your people. So I'm thankful that you took a moment to sit and listen to me. Thank you so much. Um, make sure that you send me a voice message and um, like me on all the, the various podcast apps. Thanks again for listening.